<laughs> it's going to be mellow, mellow. But I remember when I was at the course, you know, I had a, I had certain directions to certain things, and one of the lessons I, I worked with the most was, you you are not a body, you are free because you are as God created something. The I don't forget, the, but it was a rhyming type thing. And so I would say that a lot, you know. But the dilemma with that is like the one I point out all the time, is what's saying that is taking itself to be a body. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, bo- the body identification is claiming to be the one who's saying I'm not a body. You could see, obviously, how that would negate any... Uh, Possibility the affirmation of you're not a body could produce because what would be claiming and catching it would be the body idea. That's the, the dilemma in most cases is the quickness of the mental state because the feeling when it arises it, it like it's always been here the sense of self. So it's like even though it takes time to to produce itself. It implies or or a vague you're left with a vague feeling that it was there the whole time. So it is like the Alpha and the Omega, the self, you know, meaning the body. Identity not just the body, but a special body, me, you know. And so that's pretty quick. So if I'm sitting there going, I'm not a body, I'm not a body, I'm not a body, see you have to see <laughs> see if you were clear that you were not a body, you wouldn't have to say you're not a body. See, so because there is something going on, an identification with something, let's say, and so you want to say the opposite to try to negate it, but if what's saying it is, is taking itself to be a body, you'd see where it would get no traction. No matter how many times you'd say it, it would still be captured by the feeling of being a body. I'll just run, run it by him again. So I wanted to speak about this this conceived, preconceived state, this mental state that you and I are a body, yeah? And how it defends its position is by claiming to be you, and then whatever you're introduced to, you're going to hear it as a body identification. Even to the point where I was talking about a lesson in The Course of Miracles where... It, it's, you say this statement quite a lot during the day, I am not a body, I am free, I am just as God created me, something like that. Yeah, all well and good, but what's taking itself to be, what's taking itself to be the one that's saying that is identification as a body. So it's like the body saying I'm not a body, it's sort of like the self trying to become a non-self. Yeah. So even if it's only one step from the point, like the, in the great faith mind, he talks about it. One one something is ten thousand years. If it's one step away, like one movement, like I'm not a body, it's like a zillion million miles away because it will be the body saying it's not a body. That's why it's very important to turn around and look at am I a body? Yeah. Because if you're not a body, then that drive to say you're not a body will be dismissed. Yeah? Because the only thing that wants to say it's not a body is the body, obviously. Yes? 
What's not a body doesn't want to say it's not a body because it's not a body. <laughs> it's, it's already established as not that. So there's no effort or work to try to become not that. Yeah. But the dilemma here is we try to become not that as that which we're trying not to become, in a sense. Yeah. It's a frustrating little trick, but it, it seems to capture all the rabbits in the cage. Yeah. Because even when we're running away, we're caught by it. Because what wants, what needs to be liberated? Is it what, is it what you are, or is it what you're not? What's fueling that desire or drive to be liberated? Yeah. Is it what you are, or what you're not? What has a need to be liberated? Is it what you're not, or what you are? Because when you realize you're not that, the need to be liberated gets quite un uninteresting because it's only that that needs to be liberated. That which believes it's bound, obviously, is that which needs to be liberated. Yeah? But if you're not bound, then what, where would there be a drive or an intense longing or a yearning to be liberated if you recognize you're not bound? Yeah? But the dilemma with you recognizing you're not bound, it may be, it, there still may be the identification as being what can be bound, the body. Yeah? So it's sort of like a trick. And if you see it once, or you see it twice, or three or four times, you can get it. You can get it once, or maybe you'll take a few examples, but then you can get it. And then a huge panorama space opens up that was always available because you're it. Yeah? That's when the way it happened with me with the, you know, I walked into that first satsang, I think it was the first one I ever went to, and I was listening to a lady, and while I was listening to a lady, something triggered, and I said, man, I shared, and I raised my hand, I said, it's funny, I came in here, and I, I was observing mental and emotional and physical states, you know, as I was taught, so to speak, but... I thought it was me that was observing the mental, emotional, physical states. But it was really a mental state that was observing the mental state, the physical, the emotional state. Yeah? Oh, jeez! Okay. So now suddenly, here you thought you were getting all this, but then the aperture opened up a little bit and you saw that is part of what's being noted. Yeah? The thing that's saying it's noting everything is also being noticed by what you are. Yeah. So then it would go, okay. And then it would go, all right, so I'm, oh, I'm here and I'm seeing that I was, met, yeah, yeah. Uh, nope. It, and you think, okay, now I'm at my authentic selfhood, you know. But life has a tricky way of doing things. It goes, opens up even more and you go, whoa. Wait a minute, I'm not that, blah, blah, blah. and then, uh, oh, and it took me maybe seven times it happened over a period of some months, and then something occurred. There's never going to be a me that's going to get it. Yeah? That, <laughs> the presentation of a getting of it is the way the me seems to appear. Yeah? The presentation that it's the getting that says, I got it. Yeah? So, if you see that, it's the mind can find, okay, that little speed bump, let's say, that little like trick, that little like uh, 
glitch gets undone. You you see through it. Now you get a principle or an absolute, which is whatever is claiming to be the one that gets it is in the context. What's seeing is the context. And what's seeing being the context never, ever is going to finally proclaim that it saw it because it's always seeing. Yeah? For you, it would have to be something that isn't so to become an event and suddenly become so. But in seeing, it's always so. So therefore, it doesn't seem to be so at all to us because it's completely so. But the mental state wants to be the one to get it and alright, what wasn't so is now so. Yeah? But in fact, it's never going to happen that way. It's like that the, uh, we did it the other day with the Monty Python skit. And they, we took it to a different place, but because someone sent me the whole skit and it wasn't what we do with it. But, but there's, they're, in the, they're like in this English garden, but they come out of the hedges with safari caps and like khaki shorts and canteens, and they're acting as if they're in Africa, and they've run out of food and water. And we're all going to die, and they're getting very, very ex- you know, excited. We're all going to die. What are we going to do? And suddenly they go, we're being filmed. And then the, the camera opens up a little bit, and there's a whole film crew there with sandwiches and water and everything like that. So they go, we're saved. We're saved. And they're all they're, they're, they're hugging the, the crew, and then they go, wait a minute, we're being filmed. And then there was another film crew filming the film crew and blah, 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 infinitely. You see? You see it? That's the mental state. And it ain't going to give up usually at the first one. It's going to keep saying, I'm the one I've seen. You know? It's not. It's, it's, see, that which isn't so doesn't need to be extinguished. It's just seen. Yeah? And instead of the emphasis on what's being seen, which is the mental arising of the self, the emphasis suddenly moves to what's seen, and then in a way the gig is up. It doesn't matter if it's immediately, you're immediately in nirvana or not, you know, because it can play out in time, but basically the gig is up because you've seen yeah? You've recognized the only real quality of constancy here is what's seeing, not what's thinking, not what's feeling, you know, as is Paul, not what's doing, but as what's seeing. Yeah? So, the whole idea that we've been doing for years is like when the clone in that movie I love, I like to use the clone in that movie, he gets the news which is indisputable. Yeah, he's, he's programmed as a human, but he gets the news that indisputably he's a clone. There's absolutely no shred of doubt, or it could be a mistake completely. Yeah, and you would think that would be a strong enough convincing, but what gets this message that it's a clone ain't the clone, it's the human program. See, that's the glove that goes up and catches it. And then it makes it something. Yeah? It diverts the impact because it gets, it's sort of like the mail getting hijacked, yeah? You're waiting for a big, a big letter or, or a check and someone's getting your mail out of your box before it gets to your house, yeah? That's sort of like the mental state. 
It's hijacking. So in the identification as a body, when you sit for eight hours, let's say, eight hours of a giant seminar with instructions and and power what presentations and all this stuff, graphs and everything like that, that you're not a body and you'll be nodding all day, what's hearing it, what's what's collating it, what's taking it is is a sense of being a body. Whatever you throw, baseball, the same mitt will come. Football, same mitt. You know, volleyball, same mitt. The mental state in time is faster than almost anything. It arises quickly. The only solution to it is no way in the field of its expertise, which is time, it's in timelessness. So the freedom is prior to the bondage, yeah? The liberation is actually from the need to be liberated, let's say. It's not an acquisition and a culmination. It's a recognition that basically nothing's ever happened, in a way. (laughs) And nor will there be anything happening. If you go up kicking and screaming out of this world, it's not you. It's the body. It's the brain and the body. You are never going to make an appearance here. You're not. It would have to be a thing to show up, and it ain't. It's completely here. It's the only here there is, but it's never going to appear here. Well, again, it's appearing here as us, but it's never, as you, it's never coming. It's not, you know, and all its ideas, I'm late, I should have done more, I've missed the bus. None of that matters at all, because it's already completely so, it's not going to make a big arrival. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, in a sense, as they all say, how the sense of presence becomes obvious is, obvious is based on the absence of self, basically. Why is that? Why is it that there's only really one requirement, and only one requirement, is losing interest in that which you're not? It's not a one, two, and then move ahead and try to get four, five, eight, twelve. It's just a negation of a basic stubborn fact that isn't a fact. Yeah. It's just a negation of that, and then that's that. And then you find out. Yeah. You don't find out. There's a finding out. You've hit the last answer. All the backpacks get taken off, the fucking two ski poles to go up the hill quicker, those are put away. All the packed lunches you bought for this long and arduous trip, all the moisturizers and oils so you're ready to receive whatever you think, it's all, it's pointless to it. Yet you'll, here you'll be getting moisturizers and oils and this and that, but the whole meaning of it will shift dramatically because it's really not about you. It's about a you, and you may not be able to recognize a you because it's called me. <laughs> That's the dilemma. You can't see that you're a you among many yous because in a, in a way you can't avoid the sense that you're a body and they're a body, so then you just crown a special body you called me. And then somehow, magically, makes us separate. <laughs> 
As soon as I, when you're a little kid, before the meat and whatever, they say there's no sense of other. But as soon as the meat starts getting crowned, you know, like the child, the child king, you know, oh, and then suddenly this place takes shape. Now it's separation. Yes, now it's degrees. Now it's all this stuff going on. And it seems so real, but to who? Let's say a timeless thing came here. Yeah? It wouldn't be fooled one second with the illusory qualities of time. It wouldn't. Why? Because it would know better. Without any thought or effort, it would just be established in its own timelessness, and it'd see this is just like a this is like a very slow me- move moving like a film clip that's being dragged out so slowly. It looks like there's all these sequential little events, and let's start that one. That was a big event for me. And on, 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 on. you know, tied in whatever glue to all these other little scripts in an imaginary fucking school. You know, the only reason why it's appearing is what is the light that's broadcasting it, projecting it. It's the only reason why this dream is, ha- is happening at all, seemingly, is the dreaming. Yeah? It doesn't have any legs to stand on the dream. It's totally based, this movie is totally based on the audience, us. If we believe it, so it is. If we start questioning it, so it isn't. What, did it, what happened? Did what you believe to be so true suddenly change and become untrue? No, it not, has nothing to do with that. It has to do with this. As you believe, so it is, like the great master Jesus Christ supposedly said. As you thinketh, so it will be. Yeah. We are reality. Like it or not, we are. Yeah. We are lending reality to things through the identification as a thing. Or as the Course says it, you and I are the dreaming of the dream, says the dreamers. You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're dreaming, which is produced because it's, I believe it's produced by remembering what you're not. You remember that you're a body, and then you forget that you're dreaming. And in that condition of remembering that you're a body, you give everything you're dreamt or dreaming all the power to affect you as a body. Sounds like everyone's day. If you took a, 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 a skeletal diagram of everyone without all the flesh and blood and the meaning, basically that's what's happening. Dreaming is occurring. The dreaming has forgot that it's dreaming by remembering itself as a dreamt, you know, body. And in that condition, now the dreaming gives all the power it has, all the reality it has, the things, and then those things, reality bites us in our unreal ass. That explains like 800 fucking thousand scripts of all our little lives. Let's boil it down, you know? Like 80 years of stories. Let's just boil it down to what actually is happening. There is something going on, and it's dreaming. Yeah? And it forgets that it's dreaming, only seemingly, only in time. It cannot forget in timelessness because that would be real. And this isn't real, nor will it ever be real. What's seemingly so 
it can never be so. It can only arise to seemingly, because it's based on what sows agreement. It only has its alleged reality has from reality. So reality has to forget certain facts, like I'm not a body, by remembering certain facts that I'm a body. And then, through that, it lends all the power it has to things, and then they they seem as real as real can be to another thing. Isn't it true? How could false evidence be real? It's never real. It can appear to be real. What does it depend on to appear to be real to? Us. What else is it appearing to be real to? We're the only reality that anything or everything appears to be real to. We're it. There isn't like a big fucking grizzly bear behind us that's dreaming, in a sense. Yeah? It comes here. This is the interface. This is the beginning and the end. Yeah? This is either the beginning of time or the end of time. It can go either way because it's a split little roulette table. You know, it's like a split game in the big casino. Yeah. Put your put your chips on this color, you lose. Put your chips on that color, you win in a sense. Well you don't even win. Winning and losing is just is like you lose interest in the winning and losing, yeah. Isn't that great news, really? All your huffing and puffing isn't fucking moving a hill of beans, really. It just seems to be so in the world of seeming to be so. When this world is not seen to be so, it never was, nor will ever could have been. It has to have our agreement. For something to appear to be real, it has to appear to be real too. Real. Yeah? How would he get a sense of being real unless it was given to it by reality? And doesn't it change a lot? To such extremes where people have, they are so sure about the worst thing that ever happened to them. Let's say getting run over twice in one night. That would be two, the two worst things that happened to it almost simultaneously, getting run over twice in one night. So there's two things that were the worst thing and they combine into a big fucking, like, twin of fucking shit. Alright, so that was the worst thing that happened to me, let's say. Then, did that ever change? Yeah, no, no. But let's say the mind changes. And then the mind can just flip it, totally, turn the card totally completely on its other side, its opposite side, which is, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I would never have stopped using or doing that if I didn't get run over by the car. Yeah. Worse, I mean worse, you would... You had been investing years of bitching about it and excusing things because of it and rationalizing why you were the way you thought you were. All on that, it was like a fucking Fort Knox of the mental state. The worst thing that ever happened to me, man. Let me tell you about it. Sit down, you have an hour or two. Yeah. Suddenly, things change. Where? In the worst and best thing? Did it change there? Of course not. It changed in what? The viewer of it. The seeing of it. That's where it all changes. All change comes from there. 
What does this place seemingly change? Body. Yeah? Emotional states. The mental states. Circumstantial states. But does it change your inherent state? Does the movie actually leave an imprint of itself on the screen? When the movie runs its three hours and 30 minutes, or in our case, 88 years and five seconds, or whatever, when it runs out, is there any impression on the screen? Or is the screen as blank as it's always been? What we call blank, but incredibly empty, which is everything, yeah? Isn't it? You can go live 120 years, it's still not going to leave an impression on it. You can have war movie upon war movie, and then there's not going to be any empty shells left on, this, on the screen, is it? What impact did it really have? All the impacts were in the movie. And in a sense, the, all the impacts were felt by what was seeing the movie. Not the movie itself, but what was seeing the movie produced all the impacts that it had. It never produced it. I'm seeing it. Yeah? But what did all of that affect the basic nature of the screen? Do screens wear out from having movies projected on them, do they? They're not like tires, are they? That they ruin out after you go 50,000 miles. I've never heard of getting a flat screen. Or we got to fucking change it. I would think it was just, you know... You could play 800 movies, and it does it does it turn off when there's a porno film, you know, presented on it, you know, when there's let's say a biased fascist movie or something. Does it? Does it actually even have any kind of emotional? Oh, I don't want to do that. No, just open, always available. Slap whatever projection is on there. There you go. To what? To what scene? Yeah. If you brought an animal in there, they, I don't know what they would see. Some of them see infrared. Some of them see, Their whole perception, their whole perceptual apparatus is different than the human apparatus. So what would they do? You, do you believe they would see it as a movie? Yet everything, tons of films about every freaking person, <clears throat> when the film stopped, you wouldn't see the imprint of you one bit. There would be no trace of you, not one trace of the all-meaningful, all-important Paul for those 80 years, not one little trace. What does that tell you? It's got to inform some things about something. Let it sink in. Hey, maybe I did a mistake. You know? Maybe uh, the projector, the light, well, it's in a few ways. The light goes through the projector maybe starts losing the sense of being the light. Then it gets put through film that shows a certain movie in 3D, and maybe it even more so gets lost of being the light by taking itself to be what's appearing in the movie. Yeah? But all the while, right where the movie is, its own, in, its own nature, which is being displayed by the screen, is always available at all times. If you would, instead of just, if you would just put your hand through the back of the movie while you're in it, yeah, you would be, you would hit, you would, you would sense, you would sense the presence of that which is always available. Yeah. Then, you know, how many people, when the movie's over, how many people clap for the screen? 
That's a very wise, 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 I wouldn't say person. That's a very wise, 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 let's say. Because it's noticed something that's incredibly so, but seemingly not so. What would happen if that screen would bleed through all the movies? You would travel lighter, wouldn't you? Hospital, I'm going into a hospital melodrama on Tuesday. Yeah. Maybe someone went to court today. Maybe someone's wife just gave birth. All of these things. You would travel lighter through it all. Because all the while, no matter how engrossing the movie was, you would have that sense of the screen. That's going to be there when the movie stops. Which would you rather align yourself to? A fleeting character made of shadows and light, or that which is allowing all characters to appear? Why shortchange yourself so much? Because of the cherishing of the self, becoming a movie star in your lousy B-movie? I mean, to me, I'm getting older, it's more and more boring than ever. Fuck. When am I going to get some response from the opposite sex with my new leather jacket? Fucking, I'm 60-something years old now. I don't have the the shit to strut anymore. But I'm still holding out hope. Someone's going to save me. Someone's going to realize how incredibly unique I am. Fuck, man. I mean, you got to look. There's a big hole in the bag. (laughs) Nothing's in... You're never catching anything here. It's all like trying to find your... The facts of your life in a sand as it goes through your fingers. Yeah. There's a sub freedom in that. It's not like the end of days, it's the beginning of no day. Yeah. A place you can truly rest that's not at the effects of the slings and arrows of temporality. Yeah. Not, not moving in or moving away. It's just what it is. And you're the harbinger of it. Just figuratively look back. Instead of constantly looking forward, looking for a replacement for that which is looking, maybe look back. Let your attention get off the leash of preoccupation with selfing and see where it runs. Maybe it'll run back into nothing, your interest and attention. And there it will enrich your day instead of being used to enslave your day to yesterday and tomorrow. Could possibly happen. All it needs is to get unleashed. You don't have to put it on another leash. Just unleash it from this preoccupation. You don't even do that. What happened, this is how it was broken down with me. I lost, I entertained the idea that I was not that. Whatever, and it meant a lot to me. It's hard to put it in words. And as soon as that, that, that possibility dawned on me, the next, the next possibility that arose immediately being that was always there, but not being accessed because of me being identified, was, I can be free from it. As soon as you recognize you're not that, then the possibility of being free from it, especially if the dilemma is identification as what you're not. When you finally get to the thing, it's a foreign and storm. I've used tons of terminology just to try to incite the sense of it. Parasitical movement, 
you know, fucking tons of, it's just try to, try to paint it as something other than you. You know what I mean? Something far in installment, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what? Because it has nothing to do with, oh, I'm not, that's not, there's no real parasol. It's just a trick of the mind to get it. Hey, I'm not that. Because what it will immediately lean into is I can be free from it. And then from that point, you'll see how it has, it's, it, it's, Preconditional freedom has been stretched out in time, and you've been given the losing hand because you're trying to be free as what you're not. You want the body identification to go with you to heaven. That's why when people talk about heaven, it sounds like a country club. You know, they're all in their now their bodies are eternal and they're golfing all fucking day. It's always referred back to a body. We can't fucking imagine anything without a body. You know what I mean? Like God was always seen the big guy with the beard sitting on. Why would that? Why would that be the first thing you come up with when you had a concept of God? Because you're in a concept of being a body. So therefore, everything else you conceive of is going to be placed in the body. How could God do this to me? Why would God kill somebody? Because you would feel really flipped out if you killed somebody as a body. But God has different plans. <laughs> You know, that's why people always flip out with the Bhagavad Gita when Arjuna is the charioteer for, uh, no, Krishna is. And he says, hey, let's go to battle. Kill those motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's no one there to kill. So kill them. That's your duty. Or you're a seed assignment. And he's going, but they are my cousins. Oh, fuck it. Go ahead. There's no one there. What? I mean, all the moralness of the earth, the world, and all of our fucking civilizations don't like the Vaidita because it makes that incredible turn. Fuck them, kill them. You know what I mean? No, there's no person. Do your duty. Yeah. So, of course, we think God should be like us. And then why is he killing children? He's not killing anybody. <laughs> He's not like us. He's not fucking crazy. And we're going to kill. You know, we're going to kill somebody. <laughs> I just don't see it. Maybe he is. I mean, even the Old Testament, it sure sounds like one of us when it describes God. I'm going to fucking smoke you and don't put any God before me. I'm a jealous God. Sounds like my friend. It does. It sounds exactly like the selfie. And they're giving it the deep cunts. You know, really, have you read the Old Testament? Then Jesus came, he tried to give us some good news. You know, God is love, and forget all that shit. You're not going to be smoted every second, because you didn't... Don't look back. If you look back, you're going to be a pillow. Okay. <laughs> it's like, he makes you jump through crazy hoops. Like, give me every one of your kids. And kill them all. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound like whatever. It doesn't sound like everywhere at always. I don't think it has anything to do with this place, really. This place is just like a like a mental experiment gone wild in a meaningless little loop of time. <laughs> when it's all cut and shaved, there'll be nothing ever happened. I know it feels terrible when it's happening, and I totally concur. I have incredible feelings of dis ease and suffering and pain, and yet all the huffing and puffing, it's really never going to make anything truly so, because we're all going to end as a body. 
How can we say this is so to something that isn't so? Maybe a hundred years it's going to live. In time, that ain't much. That's like a, that could be seen from another point of view as one breath. But we chock full tons of meaning in it, don't we? See, this guy is... So, I found a solution. It's been put to the test for years. I travel lighter over tons of different circumstances that my head doesn't want to travel over, this and that. It doesn't fucking matter, you know. The proof is in the pudding. It's like the real relief. Because this is the only place you need relief. You don't need relief in the source of all relief. If you're that, why, why would you be looking for relief? Here is where it can be valuable because it can seem to be forgotten here. That's why the, the quote-unquote truth or whatever you want to call it is so valuable because it can seem not to be paid any attention to. Yeah. But in itself, does it have value? Of course not. What's there? What? How could it have value if all that all there is is that? But here, when it can seemingly be totally forgotten for maybe eighty years, it has a lot of value for the ones, the seeming ones that fall upon it and go, "Hey, you know, maybe this isn't the way it seems out here." And they start entertaining possibilities. And maybe they run into the right person or non-person or whatever. They get some information. Their mind goes has a it's like a Thanksgiving dinner to the fucking mind. It's like that marathon runners left out let out of the closet. It's like fucking great. I mean, I can free range. I can roam around. You mean peace is available now? Yes. What about all my strategies? I will be okay. Fuck them. You're inherently okay. What? Oh, yeah. You can be okay when you don't even think you're okay. And you know what? All of its goals are always put in time, aren't they? Most people, if you meet them and they're, they're having a bad day, I say, hey, what's going on? Oh, not doing well. And I say, well, and they go, but I will be doing better. Not now, but later. Let me have the unwellness. And if you wait it, the momentary flashes where you feel okay is outweighed by tons and tons of hours before and after of being unokay. Literally, look at it. If you took, let's say, just a segment of time, 20 years of time, okay, to the pursuit of okayness, how very infrequently did you actually arrive at okayness, and how, because of that drive of it being not the, the preemptive or the preeminent condition, how that, because based on that, how infrequent okayness was to you, and you would be in the opposite of, in, in the unokayness, like 98% of the time, with a couple of blips of being okay, which are very short lived. And then the humdrum and the drone of unokayness will be back in place. It gives you a couple of little lit, you know, it's like the thing, like you take a, the head, you're not, you know, you finally met someone you like, and then the head starts going crazy, you know, she's going to find out, I'm an asshole, I don't deserve her, you know, you've been pining away seemingly for this for years, but as soon as you get the opportunity, your mental state's pissing all over this She's going to find out. You might as well say, fuck it. But the same head, if it's feeling bad, it says it's going to last forever. How can you, how, 
If that is what we are, just like a tug and a pull of Turkish taffy all day, this, oh, I mean, if we're on the losing side, because this thing will take one feeling of discomfort and say it's the beginning of a lifelong depression, and then when it's feeling good, gets so antsy and agitated about how could it possibly be okay that it's not okay. Tell me your mind's different than that. How good, how is it, do you jump right in when things are really good? Is there a lot of agreement, a big chorus of agreement? And then, you know, and it's going to be like a four-hour chorus. It's just, oh, yes, hallelujah. No, but one little discordant note. You're fucking totally, you're paralyzed with, is, it, is this the big one? Is this the depression I've been fucking afraid of? You know, it's like, you don't see, isn't there a bias? Like an initial bias that's way out of control, out of hand, you know? There's, there's a, such a minuscule possibility that's going to let you have this, and yet it predicts you're always going to be having this. <laughs> if, you, if you knew it wasn't you, wouldn't you fucking cancel your subscription to it? Would you just say enough's enough? I want to... I want some. I want something else to be the harbinger of my life, not this fucking thing. They throw me the drink. They do drugs. She's not looking at She's like, she just wants to fall asleep. I'm going to keep talking for like three hours. Gonna have a, this is a marathon. This is the first intensive we're ever going to have tonight. And you signed up for it. Could have gone at 6.30 in the morning. You'll be broken. And then, ah. <laughs> so that's it.